War is extremely serious and it's sad. Step, I want to be a fucking soldier on the mic. What's up? Let's go to war. War is extremely serious and it saddens me to have to take to the death. Y'all want to know this guy? Got a war, baby.
Hey, this is Ed from the Double E Podcast. Uh, Normally we do have Ed and Eddie, but Eddie is out uh, recording his high school uh, Beast of the Week episodes. So that'll be uh, up and running in no time. You were just listening to uh, Black Heart, okay, Um, founder of Dark Empire Recordings. And we're happy and lucky enough to have him on today. Hey, uh, Blackheart, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing blessed. I'm doing blessed. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, no problem, dude. Uh, yeah, man, I, um, golly, probably last three or four days, man, I've been really getting into your music. Um, I can, I, who, who are some of your influences early on? Well, well. As you can tell by the beats used on that Aries track, uh, the biggest influence I got is Wu-Tang Clan. I was a heavy Wu-Tang head when they first hit the scene. And, you know, I've been a Wu-Tang fan ever since. All right. And now you're based out of Atlanta, uh, correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, who who was on the track with you? Uh, That's my partner in rhyme, uh, Country Time. Okay. He out of Mississippi, but right now he's up in Jacksonville. Oh wow! See, I thought he'd be out of Atlanta. He he reminded me a lot of Ti with the way that, that oh, really? his, yeah, with his delivery and the way that he pronounced some of his words. Uh, now, are you, were you born and raised in Atlanta? Oh no, nah, no. Nah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm actually originally from upstate New York, Rochester. Five oh. eight five represent. Okay. All right. So then, so uh, so hip hop was just. Like I mean, almost born with, infused with you. Then, I mean, you you you've had hip hop with you from the beginning. For the big from the beginning. Yeah, and uh, anybody else besides the Wu that that uh, influenced you? Uh, you got Cube, the N.W.A. movement, Public Enemy, Black Sheep. Uh, more recently, I'm I'm all on that Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. You know what I'm saying? They keep, they keep that torch burning. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll name off my favorites all day. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll name off my favorites all day. And I don't knock <laughs> those who I may not like. I mean, it's all hip-hop. We all come together for the same group. Right, right. I, I totally get that. Okay, so um, when did you decide or at what point were you... Um, did you realize... That you had a talent. <laughs> uh, back in grade, I used, oh, to, sorry I used about to draw. That. I used to draw my own little superheroes and whatnot. And then as I, you know, got older, got into girls and whatnot, I started writing poetry. And what I would do is, my homeboy like, "Yo, I'm trying to holler at shorty," and I, I cook him up a poem for like five ten dollars. Uh. Uh, I link up with my cousin who happened to be rapping as well, and he started trying to battle me because he knew I did poetry, trying to get me to rap. And before long, before long he pissed me off because he always beat me in battle. He got me into rapping. And then it just went from there. I ain't wrote a poem or drew a picture since. Wow. Now see, you say that you started off doing uh, poetry. Later on, uh there's a song that that uh, it's deep, and I could and and we're gonna play it later on. 
Um, but I could see where the, the the poetry and stuff had an influence. Uh, so then, were you any good? I mean, as far as English, I mean, you had to be pretty good in English then. See, that's a funny story. I'm what you call, when it comes to school and stuff, I'm an achiever. I would go to one grade where I'm like the best in the class in English. Following year, they go put me in honors English. I get bored with the work, so I fell out of that. Following year, they put me back in regular English. Next year, you know, I'm back on the honor roll. Uh, but yeah, I've always been in the English, more, more towards English and art than science and math, if you know what I mean. See, and a lot of wannabe entertainers don't don't see the value of English. And I'm not even talking about uh, just rappers. I'm talking about uh, comedians. Uh, anybody that, that wants to get their point across verbally really needs yeah. a good vocabulary. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. The more the more words you know, the the, the better your rhymes are gonna be. The tighter, uh, the whole nine. Um, yeah. That, now, now you you're going through high school, right? Graduate from high school, and then uh, you decide to go into the navy. Uh, Why did you pick the navy? Well, again, uh, what happened was that was around the time frame where. East Coast gangster rap was really hot and heavy, you know, the Biggies and Isaacs and all them. And my thing was, I don't want to sell drugs to blow up become famous. You know, I, at that point, I wasn't playing on sports, so college was kind of, big name college was out of the picture. So I just sat back and thought about it. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this music, I'm going to need some serious bread, some way to perform. And that's when the military came across. It just recruiters said you would all fucking refuse, which mainly was the money. And I went for it. And honestly, I don't regret it. I'd do it again if I could. Now, how many years did you uh, stay in the Navy? I was just shy of 16 years, about a couple months. Wow. So now, uh, that is where you formed, once you were in the Navy, that's where you came up with Dark Empire Recordings? Or was that yeah, Green Navy? Uh, uh, what happened was I, I linked up because I linked up with a bunch of cats that rap too when I got to Japan, and Japan's hip hop scene is just off the meat rap compared to America. Huh. They they love hip hop. They are more so into vintage, late nineties, early two thousands hip hop than anything. You tell them you doing a show, they are there. Wow. You tell them. You tell them. You tell them you rap, they go my CD, they taking it, they listen. Huh. And it, it just, that is, because I mean, nowadays a lot of people rap. Right. They don't about to go hit a studio, that don't mean they about to go do a show. They might just do it from fun around their friends. And that environment, <laughs> all that anxiety, all that fear and insecurity, you are the window. If you're American and you represent hip hop, they are on board. So they really kind of, I'm gonna be real. It kind of poked our head up to thinking we were thinking it was really worth it. But it's, again, being inspired by the Wu Tang Clan, and it's like eight or nine of us doing this, I'm like, we got our own Wu Tang Clan. And so, going back to school and stuff, on top of English and arts, I'm also big into history. Okay. 
I was thinking like we on some Roman Empire type kicks. Ah. So that's where that's where the name Empire came from. And then we were anti mainstream, anti commercial, you know, if if you will. We weren't about that old all about the Benjamin type flow. Not knocking it, it just wasn't our thing. Right. So my vision was this. The the full name of the group was Industry Pirates of the Dark Empire. And what it was is we were the industry pirates. Okay. Navigating these waters, not under the, no label or affiliation, looking to overthrow it and eventually become that empire. Obviously, well, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we originally envisioned it, but that's the strength of the name and that's where it came from. Okay. Just, just kind of being our own entity, our own sovereign nation, if you will. Right. In, in regards to hip hop. Right. See, now, I never would have guessed that the Japanese culture embraced hip-hop the way uh, the way that, that, that you described. Uh, oh, they love it, man. They love it. See? And uh, when I was reading your bio, and you said that, that you had, at one point, 14 artists under Dark Empire recordings, including Japanese artists. So it was a lot like Wu-Tang, where... Maybe three of y'all was on this album. Maybe six on it or on this song. Six on another. It was just whoever was feeling it. Or how did y'all figure out who was going to do what? Man, I used to love it. Everybody used to convene at my in my spot on base. Whether it be they're just passing by, they'll come off work, throw some beers up or whatever. At one point or another throughout the weekend, I would get all of the crew in my room if not at the same time at one point or another and at any given moment during those weekends uh, we'd have a meet on sometimes it'd be my own plotting and planning and I already know who I want on what so when they show up that beats them and there's been several times where one of them pull a beat up and it ended up being what it is and it was beautiful because there may be five of us in the room later on that night we got trapped for five and six <laughs> or it may be 10 of us in the room only one person filling that track and we trying to show that one person love ended up being a solo Every everybody did their part and the most beautiful thing about it nobody was selfish oh wow see that's that's beautiful man when, when everybody can see uh, the common goal and, and it's, it's if if we all push for for one direction, nothing can stop us. You know exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, with that being said, uh, I want to hit chains. Uh, now, okay. who's, who's all on chains? Chains is just me. Okay. Uh, with all the things that's been going on in this world, I'm not going to get specific because you can hear it in the song. But with all the events that's been going on in America in 2015. I had to speak on it because uh, when you get into the whole police situation and the whole flag situation and this overall violent situation, in my opinion, it's turning into a one side versus the other. And me as an artist that I want to be and the picture I want to paint for my fans is I stand alone in my own opinion. I'm not against you. I don't knock you. I'm not necessarily for you for specific reasons. I got to maintain my own opinion of things. And I feel if more of us did that, 
we move further towards justice and equality. Hmm. Instead of just, this group is mad, I'm part of this group, so I'm going to be mad too. Exactly. You know what Exactly. We all are individuals at the end of the day, regardless of where we come from. And that's kind of where I went with change. I kind of did a double perspective. I spoke on behalf of my community, my upbringing, my background. But then I turned the, turned the corner and looked back at my community, my upbringing, my background, and said, well, what are, what are we doing to fix the problem, if you will? Okay. And I was actually scared to put that track out because of how people might receive it. But so far, it's been received very well. So I'm kind of glad I took the risk. Dude, this is just on SoundCloud alone. It's had over 175,000 plays. So people are feeling it. And they, uh, 202 reposts. I mean, yeah, yeah, people are feeling this song big time. Uh, It was one of the things that attracted me to you, man, when I started uh, listening to your music prior to the podcast. So without any further ado, here's Chains by Black Heart. Racism is against the law, just like rape and murder. But we still niggas, just like there's the rapists and murders. What makes it worse is that we fall for the trap. They put up barriers based on how we react. Now think about that. Next time you snap, what's the hooting and hollering worth it? The proof of that, they hope that we don't. We wish a nigga would. We talk about what we can't, but he jumped what we could. We been had the rights. So what's wrong? We singing the same song, talking about the man, but we men too. Plus we stronger, they ain't been through what we've been through. They never took off the chains, they just gave us the key. This whole time, it's been up to us to be free. You can take my home, but you'll never take my soul. You can take my mind, but you'll never take my You can take my home, but you never take my soul. 
Fresher course, let's just say. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you got you, you, you got your, your version, let's let's call it uh, the, the East Coast Wu-Tang going popping off in Japan. Um, yeah. <laughs> then you took a seven-year hiatus for music. Uh, what happened? What 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 made you just kind of walk away from it? Well, and I'm quite sure every artist who is not on Billboard can relate to this. Even even the ones like Drake probably can relate. You're going, you're going, you're believing in your work, but you're not getting the results 
you hope for or that you dream for. Because in all reality, if I would have stuck the football as hard as I did with rap, I'd probably be all Paul Samuel. Because it's one thing like being a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that, even a politician, there's a path. There's stuff you're supposed to do. You get to point C, this is what happens. That ain't the case with music or entertainment, period. Right. You got people like Tina Fey who worked at 7-Eleven. Uh, I believe 7-Eleven. I could be wrong. But my point is, she toiled away at a regular 9-to-5 job until she got discovered. You got people like Harrison Ford. We all know who we think is for. He was a stagehand on the set while they were making Star Wars. And George Lucas happened to get wind of him. And that's how he became Han Solo and later Indiana Jones. Wow. They ain't no four-year college become a rapper they ain't no he, I mean American Idol for singers but even that's a long shot there's yeah. so much you have to go through or to really in all reality you just keep toiling at your craft until it gets the attention it deserves and it, putting that all in perspective when you're young and you're seeing all this stuff happening and you're trying to maintain heat while still working your craft reality at that time, sets in. Well, what if I want to settle down and have a family? Maybe I don't have what it takes to be a professional rapper. Maybe I should focus on my regular day job. And that's where the seven-year hiatus came. I was coming of age. All my partners were starting to settle down, get married, have kids. And I started to think to myself, well, maybe I want that. But what I didn't know at the time, because I was younger, that it's a lot that goes into a family and a relationship. And unless you got a partner that's extremely supportive, it's gonna be extremely difficult to put 100% to your dream and maintain a normal life with someone else. So I kinda, at the time, because I felt it was right, took the detour to try to have a normal family. And you know, I did it. It worked. It went out. It went the way it did. <laughs> you have to hear the music. <laughs> but uh, the hunger for music, the hunger for hip hop, came back. It mm. came back stronger along the way of that hiatus. I never put down music. I never ignored music. I didn't walk away from it. I just didn't participate actively. Same. So to me, that hiatus made me come back stronger. But I didn't. When I first started rapping, it was just. Let me find a word to rhyme with this. After the hiatus, I said, wait, if I'm going to do this, I need to figure out how to do it to where it will work. And that was where I went from Dark Empire recording just being a cool name we called ourselves into let's make this official. Let's go trademark the logo. Let's go put <laughs> incorporate it as a business somewhere. No bad? Oh, definitely. Dude, that is... Um let let me just put it this way all right with with the knowledge that you just dropped i i don't i i don't even have to play any of your more of your music even though we are we are going to keep playing it <laughs> uh but but there's so much knowledge that 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 you are kicking man it's 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 refreshing okay and uh thank you thank you Dude, it's uh, I'm pretty much in the same boat that you're in. Uh, I had done stand up. 
uh, turned down a chance to work with this cat named uh, Eddie because they were going to bill us as Ed and Eddie. Turned it down, said no, didn't want to. Six months later, found out it was Eddie Griffin. Uh, Went on to do his HBO specials and all kind of stuff. Then I got married, and I just, I put it all on hold to be there for my son. Now he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, he's doing stand-up now. And I have devoted everything into this podcast to to leave something for my family that they can go back, listen to some great music, great conversation, and learn something. And I've been picking people at random, and I have yet to strike out. Uh, Love what you... Love love everything about all the, the, the game, as Search would call it, that you're dropping right now. And when I say game, I mean grown-ass man education. Okay? Exactly. (laughs) A lot of people need that. It's funny you say that, too, because one thing that has changed dynamically since I started this, and after the hiatus, is I've gotten older. Yes. So I had had that man-in-the-mirror moment to where you can't be no 18, 19-year-old with your pants hanging off your ass talking about you popping bottles. Uh It don't look right. Thank so, you. Yeah. I, I, I got to, if I'm going to do this and be real and want it to have the lasting impression, I have to be me. See? And that's an older, more mature person. I can't talk about, uh, see, I'm not even going to name drop nobody. <laughs> I can't talk about the stuff that is popular in the club. Thank Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not me. I don't care if that's what you want me to play. I can't do it. I, I'm sorry. See, and I I write some jokes for my son, but I can't write everything for him. I mean, he's only 22, and I tell mm-hmm. him, dude, you got to live life to, uh, and you got to suffer to to find the humor in life. I mean. You gotta read. You gotta. You you have to educate yourself. Uh, you just can't come up with a joke and think, you know, oh wow, yeah, oh yeah, I did this in ten minutes, mm-hmm. and I can I can play any crowd. No, and you yeah. have people out there, and Black Heart is gonna. Uh, I want you to talk on this, man. After I say it, okay? Um, okay. Anybody that's out there. The young cats now that wants to do to be in the entertainment field, you have to find your voice. Okay, <laughs> not it, it's it's not Drake, it's not Ti, it's not Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, you can look up to them, you can follow their blueprint, but you gotta find your voice. Uh, exactly, Blackheart, man. Tell, drop drop knowledge on on that and how hard that is to find out what your voice is and and your message. I got a funny story for that. Okay, we had a cat that owned a clothing store right outside the base in Japan, and uh, he got hurt. He got one of us. He saw us do a freestyle session one day at a club, and he offered for us to do a fashion show for him. We'll, we'll perform in between the bottles coming out. So that came and went. We did that. We had a good time. So we 
building ourselves, we went and tried to work on new music, so on and so forth. As soon as we got enough songs for a CD together, went straight to a shop. Yo, we got that new hot, hot thing. It's about to be over. Played the first couple songs, he turned it off and said, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Y'all talking about the hood and selling drugs and busting shot? Y'all on the military. <laughs> he said, and the magic words he said, that stuff with me this whole time was, you got a far better interesting story day to day here in Japan being in the military than any of them captains on the radio. Exactly. You don't even realize it because you're too busy trying to do like they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, cool. and that's my thing with hip hop today. I call it the stereotype. And I ain't speaking on on rappers. I ain't trying to start no beef before I kick off. <laughs> I ain't speaking against on rappers. But when you talk unsigned rappers, rappers trying to make it, people in the grind, their go-to is, yo, that Kevin Gates song is hot. I'm going to make this song like Kevin Gates. That Young Thug song is hot. I'm going to go snap the auto-tune and sing. It's yep. like, no, no, no. You need to be more repertory your work so that you can put them off the radio. Exactly. Not how to repeat what they got. The world got a little win. So don't try to be like Lil Wayne. Yeah. He don't did what he had to do to get on. He popular, he famous, he got some money. You can't you can't replicate help. See. And the and the thing is and this is maturity too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Out of all the genres of music that I've been around for at least 20 to 30 years, we're the only ones in hip-hop that have a misconceived age limit. Mm. Most cats that's over 30, oh, you too old to you rapping. Oh, you too old. Oh, nah, you too old. That's that old man stuff. Whereas, Ronald Isley can go hop in the studio right now, drop a new album, guess what? It's selling, and it's gonna be on the radio. And ain't yeah. nobody gonna blink an eye about his age. Yes. Yeah. See that we place that misconception on ourselves. Okay. And mainly I mean, coming up in the golden age of hip hop, most of us don't got grown, got kids, some of us might even have grandkids. And we kinda left that lifestyle alone as we grew up. It's like hip hop never grew up, but the people who inspired it drove it kinda moved on from it. You know what I'm saying? I call yeah. it the lost demographic. That's, yeah. uh, that's your 28 to 40. Yeah, I would agree with They're that. They're the ones that made hip-hop a billion-dollar corporation it is now. But they kind of pulled the plug on buying hip-hop or buying into hip-hop and left it for the young cats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and nowadays, man, I mean, you know, if you want to catch... Oh God, uh, MC Lights, you know latest stuff. Uh, she can't, she can't get a record deal. You know they say that exactly. she's too young, but yet she can, you know, run rings around these cats. And now you got to go to, mm-hmm. you got to go to these independent labels and stuff to try to find it, or she puts it out herself. And you know, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely. It, I mean, it's a big deal to follow. And yeah, it is a big void, you know, for people like myself who are still, you know, into it. But our tastes have changed now, you know. We exactly we we're not into 
hearing about the guns and the violence. You know, we want to hear about, you know, stuff that we can relate to. Um, yeah, so man, hey, hey, I tell you, don't retire. Keep putting it out. I'll listen. Okay. <laughs> now, nah, I'm going to cut off the 50. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I got a long way to go before I'm there. <laughs> All right. Uh, dude, I want to play uh, Tomodachi, right? Did I say that Tomodachi, right? Tomodachi. Tomodachi. Dude, this is one of my favorites of the whole of, of all your stuff, man. Uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Okay. Uh, now we're going to get a little personal. <laughs> but that's why I like right. it, dude. <laughs> all right. It's Tomodachi. And uh, let me clear things up for listeners and future listeners. Tomodachi itself was the operation towards recovery from a major earthquake that hit Japan and caused uh, damage to their uh, their nuclear reactor, Fukushima. And it was just like, uh, how can I put it? It was, it was, a, it was a very tough time, almost kind of on the level of Katrina, just not as overall devastating. It kind of just hit us all at one time and kind of tripled for a while before they got everything back in the swing of things. And uh, it was kind of like a turning point in my life. Going back to the whole hiatus and getting back into rap strong. At the point of that event, I was pretty much sold on just finishing out my career in the military and see what happens after that. I had five years left in before I would formally retire. And I kind of was sold on that and the family concept and okay, I'm just gonna do rap for fun. Uh, some things happen to where I'll start to have issues at the job in the military. And uh, it turns out they were going to downsize the, the military, starting with the Navy. And it turns out I was on the chopping block to be cut out from the military. Basically had my career cut short five years. Wow. Around the same time this happens, that's when that major earthquake hit. And it's almost to me like, that was God saying it's time for you to move on with the music. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm going in the right direction. I'm doing the right thing. Right. Boom. Two catastrophic events happen for my life changes. Uh, another part of the inspiration for that song, after the fact, is I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show Breaking Bad. Yeah. Usually when I bring that up, people think the obvious, the meth, the drugs, all that stuff. But the point I want to emphasize and the inspiration is, here's this man, chemistry teacher, regular old Joe, got a, got a son, got a daughter on the way, living his life normally. Boom, he gets diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So now he got to change his life dramatically to recoup from that bad news and recoup from what it means. And it made him a totally different person. And in a way, it pulled him out of the shell he was, the concept of living he had into what he was supposed to be. Even though that wasn't a good thing, he became what he was supposed to become. Right. So, Tabadashi was my coming out of the shell into what I'm supposed to become. Okay. Now, without further review, and you're going to love this song, Tamadachi. March 11th, 2011. 
All was normal in Asuka, Japan. On base. Everybody doing their duty. Standing their watch. And then the earthquake came. And after the earthquake came, the tsunami. Tsunami hit. Tamadachi, a nuclear reactor. Changed the lives of millions of people. And at the same time, changed one person's life a million times over. Lesson was I ended up retiring early, which was the point of me staying in anyway. Eight months later, suddenly it's a you wondering how the hell I'ma feed a wife and stepchildren touch down in San Diego, trying to reconfigure my life out of the job. And by the way, my money is tight before I can even catch breath. God showed me where I take my next step. Afghanistan, out of the floating frying pan, into the line of fire, never mind getting fired. Nigga, I might expire. Is it even worth the money? two weeks later for some dumb shit. At this point, my wife left me. Turns out she was with me for the money. Go figure, right? Time to restart my life. Not many people get chances. Here I am twice. Actually, three times. I left the hood to make it the positive way. Dreams of rapping, but blowing up the positive way. Joined the Navy for experience. My college is paid, but now I'm like, fuck a day job. I'm trying to get paid the legal or illegal way. Suck, I'm playing now. No. 
To like the next coming of Melly Mal. Okay. <laughs> That's who that reminds me of, man. Uh, don't push me because I'm close to the end. I mean, the, yeah, I was close to the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So now you're back on your grind. Uh, what's, what, what's next? What's next for Blackheart? Well, the thing is, uh, before I, because I was, like I said in the song, I was in San Diego after I left the military in Afghanistan. And then I had to make the move to Atlanta about December last year. Before I left, I laid down about 30 tracks. Oh, wow. Because my thing was, I'm starting over from scratch. No, I ain't got that fine military check like I used to have it. <laughs> so I came to top of the studio when I feel like it. So I wanted to be really, my thing is I wanted to really count. So I, like, I could put songs on SoundCloud every day, let it do what it do. I could post on Twitter, Facebook, what have you, let it do what it do. I could even do shows, let it do what it do. My thing was I wanted to count. It ain't about being, at this stage of my life, it ain't about being big and famous. They ain't about being on, you know what I'm saying, BET or TV or what what have you. Right. It's about getting the fans I get and really giving them something to keep messing with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've been really on a snail's pace with my content. Like, I, I average, like, I put out Book of Marlin, but that was more like cleaning out the closet for new. You know what I'm saying? And and I, was, did, I finished Book of Marlin in 2012. I just never did anything with it. Yeah, yeah, my mentality was, it, let it be like that time capsule, if you will. So when I do get the fans I want, at the level I want them at, they can go back and go check it and say, yo, I got that old black art. They go hard like the new stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So other than, other than that, I've been kind of just doing like a track a month. I made some changes to my plans recently. I was going to put out the mixtape Breaking Bad, which is where Tom Adachi and a lot of the songs on my SoundCloud actually come from. But then uh, I had another mixtape. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about cursing on your podcast. Let oh, no, go ahead, you go ahead, dude. Go ahead, I I had a second project after Breaking Bad called No Fuck Giving. Okay. And what it was is top, uh, Breaking Bad was actually a year in the making as far as putting it together. That's why a lot of the songs like Chains, Tamadashi kind of have a, you know, a vibe to it. No fuck giving was something different. It's like, I, y'all know who I am, I know what I'm about, but now I'm just going to go pat it on your feet. Okay. So, as time went on over the past year, I started deliberating, deliberating, and a majority of Breaking Bad is, in my opinion, and the opinion of those who've heard it, really polished. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay, edit this song, it can go on the radio. I can see a video for that song. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I decided to take Breaking Bad, kind of fine-tune it, and they even, I might even go back over it, and I'm going to make that my album. 
Okay. And songs like Aries. Yeah. I'm gonna drop a mixtape next month called No Fuck Dylan. And it's gonna. And my thing is, it has a more of a mixtape vibe to it. Gotcha. It still got the stuff that's gonna have people like, yeah, I like, I, I like, I like, I like what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's gonna be more of a mixtape vibe. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, as far as you you said that this song may you know would work great in a video and all that, let's let's are you thinking about doing some videos? I promised myself I wasn't going to get to that point till top of next year, okay. like January February time frame. So then you're really and, just uh, following a, a set pattern. Then you got to, you got to, because uh, being an artist. You want, of course you want videos on Worldstar or YouTube. You, right. You want you, you want the old bells and whistles. But being experienced in how things work from a business standpoint and understanding that when you're starting off as an artist, there's way more money coming out of your pocket than coming in. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I don't want to do a barely budget video and then the quality of that video will be the main point of scrutiny for the song. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are more uh, critical of, oh, that don't even look professional, or that don't look... Th-. Instead of uh, the words and the, the message, people are more... Exactly. You know, hey, well, look at that trash can, you know, <laughs> and not, yeah. not paying any attention and don't to, get me to wrong, what they... I'm not looking to go buy a fleet of Lamborghinis and Bugattis from a first video. <laughs> I want it to be tasteful and fit perfectly what I'm saying. Right, right. From a behind-the-scenes point of view of the entertainment field, you can, I probably you can agree with it. Yeah. It ain't people no matter how you do it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, man, people are shocked, man, when they see my uh, setup for my podcast. They're like, dude, is that it? And that's all you got? And I'm like, yes, and it sounds great when when I upload it. You know, I don't, I'm not into doing all this stuff. You don't edit the podcast? No. We do a one top, one shot take. If we mess up, it just becomes a part of the, the whole conversation, you know? Uh, and, That's how you know real. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Now, with all these, I, I call it nowadays, kids are so quick to grab or say that their job is something that doesn't require an application. You know, you see them at 17, 18 years old. Hey, man, what you doing for a living? Oh, I'm a rapper. Oh, oh, I'm a, I'm a actor. I'm a this. You know, where there's no, no application put in, no, no nothing. They can just say it, and, and yeah. we're supposed to accept it. The people that are serious about trying to get their message out. What advice would you give them? Since you've been you you you've been through it and and you've come out on the other end, uh, and now you know the mistakes you made. What advice would you give? I'm gonna keep it short and simple. There are 7.2 billion people on this planet. You just need some of them to like your music. <laughs> and I'll put it another way: not everybody like Michael Jackson just enough people to make him a legend. Exactly. Because you, cause you don't have people. I ain't feeling it. I ain't feeling it. I don't like the quality. 
That don't sound like something that's going to be in the club. Yeah. So, and me being as passionate about my work and working with other artists in my same peer group, that's a blow, man. That's a blow. Especially from your friends. Yeah. Or your circle of friends or your community. But I did that full except I'm learning now. It's actually good. You don't want to be in a circle of people and they're unanimously feeling you. Yeah. How many of them are just saying that because everybody else is saying it? Yeah. You actually, like, I, my, my blood family, they're my worst critics. Right. And that. 20 or 30 of them hear my music, I might get feedback to three or four. And out of the three or four, half of them will tell me how they really feel about it, whether I like it, but they would have to say it not. Say. Yeah, yeah, man. I tell my son. I said, you know what? Uh, when you first get into comedy, I said uh, a lot of your friends are not going to be that supportive because they want to keep you where they're at. I said, and it's gonna, I said it's going to be a stranger that that you have no no you know association with that's going to tell you, hey, you can do this. And then, yes. then after that, those people that doubted you will then change their mind and be, oh man, I yeah, was there with you in this room writing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blackheart, man, we are almost out of time, man. Uh, I want to say personally, man, this went, this hour went by super fast. Um, yeah, dude, dude. Dude, you dropped so much game or grown ass man education on my listeners. This this one they they need to go back and listen to twice, if not three times. Uh, yeah, dude, dude. There was points where I just didn't want to play the music because <laughs> of 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 everything you were saying, man. It was just all on point. Thank you. It's, it's the same thing, same force. Oh man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. I want to have you back. Uh, anytime that you want to come back, man, hit me a line, man. I will bump people. You to, I'll, I'll bump people I'm to you make up room. I'm going to you drop no fucking. Okay. All right. It don't matter. I will bump people to put you in here. Okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, any shout All outs? Right. Any Anything you want to say before we, we we're going to play hip hop when we leave. And then I'm going All back. Right. I'm going to get me some speech therapy those uh, people that have messed up two of your, your titles okay <laughs> hypocrisy uh, yes. I'm gonna leave it like this man shout out to Dark Empire now for everybody who heard that shout out and they feel proud I'm talking to you anybody who looking familiar worried about if I'm talking about you I probably ain't talking about you <laughs> leave it at that <laughs> cool hypocrisy on the Double E Podcast, this is Blackheart featuring Capital E Jones and Country Time. E-Rock, man. Yo, Black, let me rock, man. Let me rock. So I can roll on these niggas. Uh, America the beautiful. Look what America can do for you. Turn the street dude into a night car. And turn a humble nigga to a python. I sit alone in my four-corner room, consume. Writing lyrics on the wall, picture that soon. I'm all in like an old school ass whooping. Leaving wealth on these young 